This episode of the Merchant Sales Podcast was brought to you by Valor Paytech, the technology company that is revolutionizing cash discounting and surcharging with innovative features like dual mid support, waive the fee options, and even adding non-cash adjustment charges to tips. Now, all of this is made possible by a variety of technology devices and solutions such as gateways, tabletop point of sale devices, and features like SMS text messaging and e-invoicing, all with cash discounting in mind. Valor Paytech, bold ideas, smart execution. Make sure you head over to ccsalespro.com slash valor, V-A-L-O-R, ccsalespro.com slash valor, V-A-L-O-R. Schedule your free demo today and watch videos and learn more about this amazing technology solution. Wow, Patty, what a fantastic episode we have lined up today. A little longer, but I think it's going to be worth it for our listeners today, don't you? I really do. I, I I came away from this with so much. I mean, I learned a lot, and that's saying a lot, you know? Um. <laughs> well, we really haven't had this in-depth conversation about retail e-commerce yeah. on the podcast yeah. as far as, you know, should agents and ISOs actually be selling their retail businesses on e-commerce and even going directly after e-commerce merchants, you know? I was excited because we just ha- really haven't had that conversation yet. And I was really excited about the concept of going, you know, just going directly to existing e-commerce merchants. Yes. You know, because that tells, that tells us that, you know, this, this, this market is wide open. Yes, absolutely. Wide open opportunities. And then of course, in the insider's report, you talked about how we're, that shift is, if, if anybody was wondering, the shift is happening to be more e-commerce, more online shopping than in person. Yeah. And I think, I think our listeners will be astounded by some of the stats we throw out in that, in that segment. Yeah, definitely. So we talk about uh, hair salons and uh, then Patty, you gave an example as well, massage therapist. So we talk about these businesses that are small, that are struggling, that might need scheduling software and cash discounting. So yeah. we talk about Excellent kind of combination. those things coming together for them. So great episode. I'm really excited about it. Let's jump into our interview with Big Commerce and North American Bank Card, talking about their new partnership and their relationship uh, to e-commerce merchants and retailers looking to go online. Let's go. Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Hey, everybody. Uh, Patty and I have an exciting interview for you today. We're here with Keith from North American Bank Card and Grace from Big Commerce. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing great Thanks James. for having us. Awesome. So, yes, thank you. Yeah. So, this conversation came about. Um, I saw something on LinkedIn about this relationship. I actually, know it was an email that I got from North American Bank Card about this new relationship between North American Bank Card and Big Commerce. And I was like, wow, that is so awesome. I'm always excited when I see the payments industry, the ISOs, actually getting together with real technology companies. Like, what a concept, right? So, oh, wow, what a concept indeed. Yeah. So, Patty and I <laughs> love when we see that. Um, and so, what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about e commerce. For those of you that aren't familiar with Big Commerce, they are a leader in e commerce technology. And so, we're going to talk about that and kind of this marriage of, you know, the features and the benefits and the software that Big Commerce has to offer and then now being distributed through the North American Bank Card channel and kind of how that came about and get some info. So, before we do any of that, though, uh, Keith, who is a national sales director at North American Bank Card, love to get your background. How did you get into this crazy industry, Keith? Tell us your story. Well, um, you know, thank you, James, so much, and Patty for having um, both Grace and myself on here. So my story started in the payment space uh, in 2012 officially, but prior to that, I was in the industrial laundry business for 11 and a half years. Um, a buddy of mine, uh, Matt Hoskins, started a ISO. 
and tried to get me into it back in probably 2007, eight, something like that. We even sat down. I remember vividly a conversation at a bar trying to get me into it, trying to get me to leave what I was doing. And I just couldn't walk away. Right. The, the unknown. I just, it wasn't the time and place. Well, fast forward 2012, uh, I parted ways with where I was currently at, started my own company doing business consulting, walked into my same buddy's office and said, Hey, I'm doing this thing, blah, blah, blah. He goes, well, I need you. And so that started my journey into payments officially. So I started with uh, PayProTech, which is a ISO underneath of sure. North American Bank Card in April of 2012. Was with um, with them for quite a few years. Um, about, oh, April 2018, joined North American Bank Card at the corporate level. They had essentially seen what we'd done at PayProTech and said, hey, can you bring some of that uh, into our corporate world of things? So I joined and oversaw a whole different variety of projects and programs and then kind of finally settled into my sweet spot, February-ish of 2019, working with our partner channel exclusively. And so as national sales director, I oversee our entire partner experience. I handle, we have a partner council that we built, which has been a huge asset to really bringing the voice of the sales partner to leadership at NAB. Um, I do our enhanced trainings, what I call like our enhanced trainings. Like we have an entire training team that works every single day with their sales partners. I'll work with program development, like with big commerce or our edge program or different things and kind of bring that into light. I do all of our virtual events. I was doing our sales conference, our road shows before COVID shut all that down. And really essentially, you know, what's unique about my position is two pieces. One, I have absolutely no employees that work for me. So uh, even being at the level that I'm at, I get to wake up every single day and do nothing but focus on how to help our sales partners be more successful. I don't nice. have to spend any time in the HR world. I don't have to do any of that stuff, which is which is great for me, right? The second thing that's unique about my position is starting as a sales partner in this industry, I, I'm still, I still have merchants. I still have a portfolio. So I walk in the shoes of a sales partner, which is really, really unique for somebody in this position at a company like NAB, instead of just sitting in an office thinking, hey, this is what our partners need, I'm able to actually live it, bring it back and say, this is what our partners need. And so right. it's been a lot of fun bringing a lot of value and great programs and products to our sales partners. And Keith, give us a little bit, just a you know, real quick high level view. I know we're going to dig into all the details, but talk about this relationship yep. with Big Commerce. How did that come about and what was the rationale behind it? So um, in February, yeah, February we were in uh, Boston for the uh, Northeast Acquire show. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to one of our resource partners and you know, e-commerce for me had always been something that was kind of like sitting on my radar, but just like most sales partners in our industry, unless you were like in it, like you're not in it. It's like right. one of those things to where you're either all in, you get it and you're selling it, or you kind of stay away from it because it's a little bit scary. It's a little unknown. It's out of the comfort zone. And that's where right. I lived, right? I just hadn't spent enough time in it, but I knew that was something needed. And through one of our resource partners, I had a conversation and I'm like, yeah, you guys directly integrate to big commerce, right? And I'd done a little bit of homework at that point in time. He connected me with Grace. And I hadn't really done anything with it. I think at that point, we reached out by an email. And then right at the end of February, beginning of March, I was at a um, buyer show for a buying group that I'm in, right? Booth set up, all that stuff, talking about point of sale, talking about e-commerce. And there's this thing that started like chattering in the background called COVID. And, and, uh, and so all of a sudden, you know, I'm having conversations and people are asking about e-commerce solutions. Can you provide mm -hmm. e-commerce? Can you provide e-commerce? I'm looking at Shopify. 
we all know, okay, nobody wins in our space, the Shopify, right? It's the big right. animal, right? right? And you can't actually build a relationship. So that when I got back, reached out to Grace again. And so right there at the beginning of March is when we started that dialogue, right? Where I wanted to learn more. How can we bring big commerce into our partner world? Our partners need to have a solution in the e-commerce space, the same way that we have provided these third-party, what I call our resource partners in like a point of sale space. We needed right. somebody right. that could provide assets, tools, training, not just, oh, you can board an account with either USA ePay or authorized.net and plug in. Right. It's actually having somebody to help them in that same manner. Right. So, Great timing, Keith, right? I mean, yeah, really. <laughs> given given the, the 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 surge of of activity from face to face to online, uh, your timing Absolutely. could not have been better. <laughs> and yeah. especially for our audience, I mean, folks, yeah. you know, we've been talking about e-commerce online, and you know, the fact is, is that a lot of the like as you said, most people in this space are into uh, you know pretty much card present, um, right. you know, traditional face to face. Yeah. yeah. Definitely been the focus. So I guess then that would, that brings us to grace. So, um, right. grace is the senior strategic partner, uh, you know, support and things like that, uh, channel partner support there at uh, big commerce and getting those relationships going. So grace, um, give us a little bit of your background before we dive into big commerce. How did you get into this? How did you end up at big commerce? Give us a little bit of your story. Yeah, so I've been at Big Commerce for uh, almost four years now, and here at Big Commerce, my primary responsibility is to grow and manage our point of sale portfolio of partnerships. So, uh, we run a full partner program across, you know, agency partners, technology partners, uh, but I get to specifically focus on point of sale. So. Um, what that basically means is that I'm looking to partner with the best of breed point of sale providers out there, um, establishing product integrations to allow their merchants to connect to big commerce and have an e-commerce platform that they can use. Um, Vend is an example of that. So Vend was the partner that brought us together with NAB. Um, NAB is not quite a point of sale partner, but kind of fits into the realm of, you know, right. payments, point of sale, all of that jazz. So um, my main focus is bringing all those types of joint solutions to market to both our existing customers as well as new customers. So um, prior to Big Commerce, I actually was doing a similar gig at a, another technology company called Zero. It's a cloud-based accounting software oh, yeah, sure. company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and there I managed the partnerships with Big Commerce and Shopify. So it's come full circle sure. for me. Um, huh. And e-commerce had been taken off, you know, in oh, the yeah. last 10 years so so fast and i wanted to be a part of that you know growth trajectory and that train and um excited to say that uh, big commerce is now a publicly traded company um as yeah. of this past august so being able to be a part of that um huge milestone has been an exciting ride and actually that's very interesting i mean because there, there have not been a lot of um ipos since the um covid thing took off uh, yeah so that's pretty remarkable there that you were able to do a successful IPO also. So Grace, you know, this is a great segue because I've, I've really been wondering about this myself, you know, in terms of e-commerce, when you look at it today, for specifically for small and mid-sized um, businesses, what do you, how do you, how would you, um, how would you describe the current state, you know, in, in terms of, you know, how our audience, the ISOs and the, and the uh, MLSs, you know, how, why should they be looking at e-commerce right now and how can that help them? Yeah. Well, you know, for better or for worse, 
the COVID-19 pandemic has accelerated e-commerce growth. As right. I mentioned, it's all, it's always been there, you know, and kind of in the background, but it's really forced it to come front and center, whether people like it or not. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to share a stat. Um, according to a recent report released by Adobe, you know, consumers spent over $153 billion online from this past April to May. That's 7% higher than last year's holiday shopping season alone. So I'll let that number sink in, in a bit. In, in April to May, they spent- Just April to May. They spent more than they did the whole holiday season last year. Right. Wow. If, you, if you think back on it, you know, mm -hmm. even myself included, everyone was scrambling to buy things online like essentials, <laughs> toilet papers, sure. hand sanitizer, all of that. So mm -hmm. a lot of interesting- Hmm. Um, businesses popped up. A lot of our merchants, for example, pivoted their businesses to start selling, you know, masks or repurposing, you know, some of their factory sure. lines. Um, so a lot of people got creative. Um, but when it comes to small businesses or SMBs, you know, it's really forced them to pivot their overall retail strategy right. to online and, you know, focus on building out an omni-channel strategy, probably something that they haven't thought about before. So, when I say omni-channel strategy, that's about these merchants meeting their shoppers where, you know, sure. where they are across multiple retail touch points. So, you know, I, I like to say like the great thing about e-commerce is that it allows these merchants to still, you know, uphold the connection with their shoppers at all times because mm -hmm. they're now able to allow them to shop wherever they are 24-7. Right. Keith, Keith likes to use the example of shopping from your, your couch to uh, at the comfort of, you know, shopping from your pajamas, watching Grey's right. Anatomy or something, but um, <laughs> right. still like these merchants can, can retain that, you know, personal connection. They can bring them back to the store, the physical store by having, right. you know, features like buy online, pick up in store. So sure. you're still able to give yeah. your shoppers that immediate gratification of, you know, walking to the store, picking up your item and, and going home with that um, right. if you don't want to wait for delivery. I, that, that, so, that's, yeah, that's really cool because I, yeah. I, I know exactly, I, you know, I'm one of those people. I live out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I, I try to stay, you know, stay home as much as possible. And I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting up in my pajamas shopping at three o'clock <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially this this past week. Like, oh, my uh -huh. gosh, all the sales. It's been overwhelming yeah. trying yeah. to keep up with it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but one one last point on that. Um for, for your listeners in particular, I'd say like the, the merchants that you currently work with and the ones that you will work with, they're all going to be seeking some type of e-commerce solution, right. you know, regardless of this pandemic going on, because online shopping trends are just continuing to go up year right. over year. More mm -hmm. people are doing it online. Right. And a lot of merchants just view getting online as too intimidating of a task or something that's daunting, but you know, the good thing about all in all in one platforms like BigCommerce is that we make it pretty you know, easy and straightforward. We give them the resources they need to get started and um, enable, you know, different connections to payment partners, all, all that stuff. So we're a very open partner friendly platform that and enables merchants to succeed. Yeah. And, you know, right. I can I can speak from personal experience on that, too, Grace, because when I was selling full time in the field, selling merchant services, um, my one of my favorite ways to change the conversation from this nickel and dime conversation most agents have today uh, is, you know, I would talk to them about going online. And I mean, this is an area where businesses are ready to spend money. I mean, they're they're giving away 30 percent of their revenue to Grubhub. 
you know, right. just mm-hmm. to get online, right? Like, so right, right. when you come to them and they have a retail store and you say, hey, you know, I can I can actually help you create your online store, that that's a game changer and it just changes that that whole dynamic of the conversation. So Keith, let's go back to you for a second. So I know I'm sure you've already had an avalanche of NAB uh, partners reaching out, right? So I'm curious, how is the how is your partner channel looking at this? Are they looking at it primarily from the viewpoint of like, I have all these existing, you know, physical location merchants, I'm going to help them get online? Or are you hearing more people saying, hey, I want to start going after those e-commerce merchants and getting them to switch from Shopify or whatever to utilize me? Or is it a combination? Like, Give us your thoughts on how the partners are kind of looking at this. So it's it's a combination of both, and I'll kind of break it down, I guess, in a couple different ways to look at it. Okay. Right? So first, let's talk about like your existing portfolio. You know, just like what Grace has said, and what everybody kind of sees, you know, and what we've talked about, e-commerce is growing. Period. So if you look at just your existing portfolio, if you, I mean, if you're not going back to every single one of those merchants and saying, "Hey, I can get you online." Right. You're opening up the door for them to organically go to Shopify or to go to some other right. platform, and you stand no chance of gaining that revenue, right? right? You also, and what's even more importantly, you lose the opportunity of being a person of value to right. your merchant in there. So that's the other side. If somebody else comes into your merchant and says, hey, I can help you get set up with, right. and then they also take your processing piece of the business, your face-to-face business, right? well, Man, you've really kind of like dug yourself into an even deeper hole, right? right so that kind of right. bri- that allows me to bridge into what I what the, the bigger picture, right? So what what I've been working with our sales partners and trying to do is move away. And James, you you have a lot of content around this stuff and everything too. We've got to move away from being I provide payments, right? right? I'm right. that guy, and it goes back to a question I always ask people: Who do you want to be for your merchant? Right. If you tell people, oh yeah, Keith, he's that guy that saved me a bunch of money on my credit card processing. Okay. You know what I mean? Whatever. I'd rather be, Hey, Keith, he's somebody, my business wouldn't be what it is today. If he hadn't walked in my door, if I hadn't partnered with him, I wouldn't be as successful as I am today. So now when you can look at providing with, with solutions like big commerce, and you mentioned Ben and some of these other amazing point of sale systems out there, and you actually walk into a business and provide a, what I like to call a commerce platform. Right, And then you're in the business, not just providing payments, but providing an entire commerce platform of meeting your customers' customers wherever they're at, whether it's face-to-face coming into the store or like what Grace said, I'm 11 o'clock at night sitting on my couch watching reruns of Grey's Anatomy on Netflix, and I decide, oh my gosh, I need a new pair of socks. They're going to buy that somewhere. Right, right. Might as well be with you because if you don't have an online store, that is money you will achieve, right? That is sales you will never get. So when you take that mindset and then you take it into the prospecting world, okay, now all of a sudden think about before I walk into a business and they've got a register and a credit card terminal and they're with XYZ company and their response was, oh, I'm happy. I've been with them for X or Bobby takes a good care of me, you know, whatever. I'm good. Right. And you're just talking about one little segment, the payment space. And now all of a sudden you can walk in there and you know that same store doesn't have a website. Kind of your point, James. Mm-hmm. I can walk in there and I can provide that. I can have a different conversation. I can start sitting and going, great. I know I've been in here before. I was, you know, I've stopped in three or four times over the last year, year and a half. Is Bobby still taking good care of you? Yes, Bobby is. Great. Has he offered you this by any chance? No, he hasn't. Okay. Let's not talk about the credit card stuff right now. Maybe I can help you here. 
What if I can help grow your business an additional 20% by getting you online with big commerce? Now, all of a sudden, I bridged the gap and opened the door in a way where I'm not stepping on Bobby's toes. I'm not offending that merchant and being that annoying sales rep that keeps wanting to save me money in my credit card processing, regardless of how many times I've told him I'm happy with Bobby, but actually somebody who's opening the door with a consultative approach to helping them grow their business. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So that's the prospecting in the face-to-face world. But also, in my opinion, when you have a product like Big Commerce that you're bringing, it opens the door for online prospecting the same way that back in the day we knock on doors is trying to get the payment processing, right? Start looking up websites. Like you see them hit Instagram all the time. You click on them and go and they're on, they're on Woo, they're on Shopify, they're on this. There's nothing stopping people from prospecting online the same way they would face-to-face, you get in touch with somebody and go, hey, I was looking at your website. I see you're on Magento 1.0. Have they tried moving you yet? It's retired. You know, do right. you have a relationship with anybody that can help you? I you're on Shopify. I can add you the payments piece for less and the monthly for less. And you have somebody to call. I can help log in and help build your site for you. you it brings a relationship into the e-commerce space that previously wasn't there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I love it. So, all right, so let's do this. So let's, you know, I think I think all of our listeners now, you know, if they weren't already on board with this concept, I think they are now that this is a big opportunity, right? So now what we want to talk about is let's dig really deep here. So Grace, I'm going to go back to you. So I want to talk about big commerce because our listeners may not know what that is and they might think it's, you know, authorized.net or something. Um, so let's be really specific. So um, <laughs> let's talk about a small retailer. So maybe it's like a hobby store, who knows, something like this. It's a small mom and pop retail type uh, location, clothing, hobby, whatever. They're not currently online at all. Tell us about their pain point and how big commerce would work with them to help them kind of, you know, overcome this initial you know barriers to entry to get them online. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I would treat it as opening up, you know, another physical store uh, when when opening up an online store. So it's still quite an investment of time. You've got to be at least somewhat serious about it. But with that, you know, there there's difficulties. It get it can get emotional just trying to plan that out, especially if you're you know running a business by yourself, um, and this is your livelihood. So. Um, where we step in is we really make it easy for these merchants to have, you know, an all-in-one platform, as I mentioned earlier. What that means is basically you go to, let's say, you know, www.gracesstore.com or however you want to name it. We power both that front-end and the back-end platform. So any type of merchant that's looking to sell some type of physical good online, they can do all of that through the big commerce platform. So some of the, you know, the key things that they'll have to tackle um, is getting an inventory check on what they have in stock, right. what they, figuring out like what they want to list online versus what they want to just keep in store or all of it. Um, and from there, you know, getting some high quality product images is probably something that they've never thought about before, but thinking right. about how to get, how, how to make their products shine online from viewing from a web browser or a phone. Right. Um, they have to start thinking about things like search engine optimization, Um, you know, some online advertising via maybe Google shopping, things like that, other social channels like Instagram. Um, So there's a few different things that will will be a little bit of a learning curve, but it's the norm now. These are where people are shopping. Um, And then when it comes to the the rest of their team, their other employees, you know, it's also a new new skill um, potentially that they'll have to either outsource to someone on their team 
um, or bring in new folks to you know have that e-commerce strength, if you will. Um, so as I mentioned, it's like taking the pictures of the products online, you know, covering online merchandising basics, like I want to list out clothing, you know, shoes, accessories, and lay them out this way on my storefront, uh, making sure that I have an aesthetically pleasing website, you know, do, right. do I have a theme on my on my storefront? Do I have a nice banner image set up? Um, things like that. And, you know, fulfilling the actual orders that come in itself. So setting right. up shipping tax, um, you know, buy online, pick up in store. Right. So those are more of the technical things when it comes to how our team is set up to to support these new merchants that are coming online. We we like to say that we have, you know, almost a sense of patriotism on our on our sales team. Sure. We have an amazing sales team here in the US based in Austin, Texas. That that is where our company is headquartered. Um, we also have, you know, staff spread out across uh, London, Sydney, um, a number of other places as well. So our team, you know, we are focused on helping these retails, especially through these difficult times where, you know, you're, you're always going to talk to someone real. We get on the phone with them. We walk them through, you know, any questions that they have regarding the big commerce platform. Um, we have a real, you know, customer support team that's staffed 24 seven, all based in Austin as well. So at any time they can pick up the phone, you know, ask for help. And that's available to, you know, anyone that's even in a free trial. So we also offer a 15 day free trial. So you can, you know, test around, play around with the platform free sure. of charge. You don't have to enter in any credit card information. Uh, and then we also have, offer a number of promos. We offer store launch packages that provide like one-on-one -on -one coaching for merchants that, that need a little bit of more handholding. But for the most part, you know, the platform is designed to be used pretty much out of the box. Yes. It's picking a theme template, getting your products up there. Um, there's step-by-step -step tutorials. Um, and then lastly, we have a huge agency network. So uh, gosh, I don't even know what the count is at. But so that would be like, like if hundreds... they want to get a website created or a landing page. Right, or whatever. right. So yeah. like if you want <clears throat> custom work, if you right. want you know, assistance migrating from a different platform or you, know, you have right. more design needs, they they are your the people that they would turn to you know for sure. some additional paid services and support. Sure. And I think you know Grace, one of the big takeaways I had from what you just said, and, and obviously you know there's a lot there right to unpack, and so yeah. a lot of the agents might look at that and say, oh wait a minute, you know I, I knew it was too complicated. You know, no, it's <laughs> right. not. And and I think one of the key takeaways here is I like what you said at the beginning that you know you look at this as like starting a, another business almost. Um, and I think it's very important for this the salespeople to understand. Most the mindset right now of most retailers, their mindset, they get it. They understand that this is a big decision and they know that five years from now, they will either make the decision to go online and do it right or they'll be out of business. Right. Exactly. There, yep. There's nowhere in the middle. So, right. you know, certainly there are some businesses that have some very specific niche that they that they fill, but most businesses realize that they've got to do this. And so the beauty of this is it's like, yes, it is. It is complicated. As you said, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. But at the same time, you know, it's an iterative process, right? It's like, right. get your inventory into the system. Let's take some pictures. Let's get them online. Send your existing customers and let your existing customers know from your Facebook page and email list and everywhere else, they can now buy from you online. Like, there are steps. Like, it's not like the end of the first week, they've got SEO, 
you know, all kind, you know, it's oh, like, totally. right. It's like, there's this iterative process, you know, that goes into it. So I, I love it. I think it's super important. So, so now let's quickly just touch on the e-commerce world. So we talked about a physical business. They want to go online with big commerce, which I love big commerce, by the way, I'm a big fan. So I've looked into it a lot <laughs> and I love it, but, um, you know, how do you enable these e-commerce merchants who, you know, I'm kind of curious here, like, uh, you know, Keith alluded to uh, Magento and a few other things. I mean, What's the current state of the e-commerce merchant? What is their big like pain point? If I'm a rep and I want to go out there and cold call websites, as Keith talked about, what am I bringing up? What are their pain points? And then what does big commerce do to help them? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if, even if you look back like five years ago, the, the e-commerce industry itself has consolidated quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of different players now. Uh, or back then, now it's really, you know, just a handful. So I'd say, you know, at the small business level, it's Shopify, you know, Squarespace, Weebly, those are probably the most common ones. Um, more at the mid-market to enterprise, we, we start to see big commerce, Magento, um, you know, Salesforce Commerce Cloud, but uh, all of these are, you know, kind of just more uh, forging into one, if you will. Um, yeah. So with that, you know, a lot of merchants can get overwhelmed still seeing like, there's a lot of different solutions out there. So they might you know, rush into picking a, a particular platform, realizing that it's not the best fit for them, not doing the due diligence of uh, understanding what you know, the platform is good at, if there's extra fees, for example. So um, one you know, neat tool that I like to use pretty often just to see like, you know, even when I'm shopping online is like to see what type of e-commerce platform is powering their back end. That tool that um, I like to use is called Built With. Um, so it's a nice yes. little extension you can install in Google mm -hmm. Chrome or something. And it shows you all the different applications that that particular store or website is using. So that's one little hack you can that's use. A great but tip. Yeah. 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 Um, but for the most part, I mean, the biggest things that we hear is that uh, merchants are, you know, paying for too many extra fees. They're getting charged for, you know, payment transactions like Shopify, for example, mm -hmm. um, or they're outgrowing the platform. Um, Maybe their their API calls are timing out because of the limitations, mm -hmm. things like that. They're not able to customize the platform however they will. Um, so those are probably the most common ones that that we hear. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to things like that, um, we like to counter that and say, you know, for things like it's it's too hard to change my platform or right. I don't have the ability to customize. Mm -hmm. BigCommerce is a fully open SaaS customizable platform, right. um, but we still make it easy for merchants to use the platform. So um, you don't need any coding or development work to use a BigCommerce powered store. Right. It, it is all out of the box. However, if you do want to take it to the mm -hmm. next level, you can. Um, so you can customize things, um, everything from storefront to checkout, payment experience, um, or you can use, you know, simple tools like our native page builder, which is a drag and drop type tool right. to, you know, change colors on your storefront, you right. know, move text here. Um, the other thing I, I'd say is like, we've seen an influx of a lot of merchants in the B2B space coming online, you know, those really? with hmm. more um, wholesale customer sure. bases that they have to, to manage. So where big commerce fits in, we, we have, you know, a whole slew of B2B strong capabilities uh, like customer groups, letting their these merchants control who logs in, who gets to see special pricing, mm. um, things like that. Um, and then lastly, I'd say just manual intervention. Merchants might be managing too many different systems that aren't talking to one another yes. or are mm -hmm. restricted. Um, so 
with our you know extensive ecosystem of partners like Fend, NAB, et cetera, um, we always strive to have high quality, best in class product integration so that merchants can choose you know best of breed partners that they want to plug and play into and, and ensure that their data is accurate wherever they're logging in from. Sure. So those are probably the biggest ones. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I think um, so much of what you said, I think is interesting. One of the things that always strikes me too is your name. I think for some of the partners, they might hear big commerce and like, oh, okay, so this is only for big companies. And it's like, yeah. the, way I, the way I look at it is it's more like you're making e-commerce into a big deal. You're allowing even small companies <laughs> to make it like it's big, you know? Um, and so I, I love it. I think uh, I think it's exciting. So Keith, I want to go back to you for a second, and we're we're gonna get a little short on time here, but just briefly tell us about the portfolio implications. Obviously, I would assume attrition is lower. What are you guys seeing on the e-commerce side, and what's the rationale there for the partners to kind of start focusing more on this? Well, you know, kind of like what we talked about before, right? The the portfolio side of things is ab- the upside's huge for most sales partners, right? Like we already kind of mentioned it, right? People, and you know, Patty, you said it too they weren't comfortable with e-commerce, therefore they didn't sell it. So now it's our job to help those partners or bring partners into our ecosphere, educate them, empower them, encourage them to feel comfortable with e-commerce and then go and grow their portfolio that way. Right. And and so like it's been danced around and talked about all this, like everybody's moving that direction. Right. So, you know, I'll challenge a sales partner. If you listen to this podcast and at the end, you for some reason still think that e-commerce isn't something I want to get into and sell, then good luck in this space in years down the road. I mean, right. it's just, right. it's like right. anything else, right? It's, you're, you're not going to be successful in this business if you can't make e-commerce a p- that's comfortable. Right. That also means that if you're not willing to do that, there are going to be people that are going to slice away your current portfolio. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, you know, you have to do it. You have right. to make sure that your are on board for that. You know, when you can provide this to your merchants, it gives you that value lift. You know, people are always looking for, oh, I have a, I have a merchant, even if it's just a credit card terminal and a register, right? And how do I continue to provide value? Like the savvy, the savvy agents, the savvy sales partners want to stay relevant with their customers. They want to build relationships. So they're always looking for that reason. Why do I contact them? It ain't broke. It's not fixed. They have paper. You know, I mean, this is something this gives you that reason to reach out and contact them and say, hey, I see you're not online yet. I can help you with that. Right. And it right. provides that immense amount of relevance as well as helping you grow your portfolio. And, and I'll kind of end this question with this. I, I, I teach three M's is what I call to existing portfolio management. Okay. Maximize profitability, maximize um, products and maximize attention. Right. So when you look at maximizing profitability, I'm not talking about charge as much as you can. I mean, have as much of the business help them. Like if they have 100% going somewhere. Right. Yeah. And maximize, sorry, not maximize product, maximize value is my third one, my second one there. And so those tie in together, right? You're maximizing value, you're maximizing profits by bringing them these products. Right. And then the maximize attention piece is when you're that person providing that kind of value to merchants they are going to talk to you, uh, talk to others about you, right? right? That who right. do you want to be for your merchants? And yep. when you're, when they have an online presence and you're sharing their, in their posts, right? You get on Instagram, you get on LinkedIn, you get on Facebook and they share a post about a cool pair of jeans and you share that on theirs and you're tagging them and you're helping like drive that interaction, that attention, it's going to come full circle and they're going to do the same thing. You're going to get attention by driving 
that attention as well. And so that, that online presence has to be there to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, so talking kind of keeping this theme going about the, the partner's grace. Um, you know, I think I could speak for everybody listening when we say like our biggest fear about e-commerce is not getting people to say yes. Like we're all very good at that. (laughs) You know, if we weren't, we wouldn't be on sales. So we're very good at getting people to say yes businesses want to go online, no doubt about it. I mean, anybody that doubts that, just go ask some business owners. They're all wanting to get online. They're all terrified of Amazon. So there's the need, there's the ability to get them to say yes. What we're all terrified of is what do we do after they say yes? Now we have to set up this merchant in an e-commerce store, right? So can you talk a little bit, and you've already touched on it, but you know, just give us the short version of like, what does that look like for a, a you know retail business? How involved or uninvolved does that sales partner need to be in order to really get this merchant up and running with big commerce? And also, if I can yeah. just add to that, what the timing is, because I think right. that's, you know, yeah, a lot sure. of people are afraid it's going to take forever to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Keith, didn't, didn't you open up a big commerce store in, in like a weekend or something like that? Really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, heard, so. I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I actually, and it's, and I'll plug big commerce. So I'm, let me jump on as a quote user to answer the Grace's thing. So I sell, <laughs> sure. I sell t-shirts for fun. I don't have one handy. They're in the storage room back here, right? Just fun drinking shirts. Enjoylifetees.com. Originally built it on Squarespace. We entered into this. I'm like, I can't have it there. I got to, I got to right. experience this, right? If I'm going to provide it and train it, I want to experience it. Right. right. So I rebuilt the site over the course of probably six hours between two weekends, yep. um, moved all my product over. It is so much better. I got on with either chat or on the phone with big commerce. Cause again, I'm not smart enough to build websites, right? That's not, that's not my right. game, right. Uh-huh. but big commerce's support was absolutely incredible. Every single time I called super friendly, jumped on, answered questions, and then boom, I'm up and running. They also have an app, which is amazing that allows me to manage it. So if somebody goes on there and orders a t-shirt, I get a notification to my phone. I can go in there, pull the product, ship it, market is shipped, communicate with the people that bought it. I can print packing slips straight from my phone. Like big commerce has made this little fun business of mine so ridiculously easy to manage. And it was really, really easy to build the site. So then, you know, as a sales partner, I'm currently doing that right now for another customer of mine. They gave me their login credentials. Now I have to do the code verification with them, but I actually helped build, I took their template. They sent me pictures. They sent me the about info. I'm bringing that relationship piece of it. And I'm the one in there helping design their site. I'm copying pieces in there. I'm formatting the pictures to be the right size to drop into a carousel. I'm doing the work for them. You know, that's not what they're going to get if they go to a Shopify or something. You know, I'm able to bring that relationship to it. Sure. And I think a lot of the partners maybe. You know, I really do think a lot of partners would like that. That's how I was. I, I would have been the same way. I would have done that kind of stuff. And then Grace, talk about those partners who are like, great, Keith, I'm glad you did that. I never will. So, right. <laughs> so Grace, talk, talk about those partners. What? How does Big yeah. Commerce handle it when you don't have a Keith involved, right? Yeah, no, Keith, Keith is special and goes above and beyond. Uh, <laughs> but no, absolutely. With all the partners that we work with, we do not expect you guys to be experts on Big Commerce, let alone build the sites out for these merchants. We are just looking for you to help identify merchants who might be a good fit, and then we take care of the rest. And merchants who are a good fit is basically anyone that is selling physical goods um, that is looking to grow and scale their business. So you can be a small mom and pop shop, or you can be a huge enterprise store. The idea is that you're going to grow on this platform and you don't have to switch another time. Um, so you know, when, when they do get to big commerce, there's a few different options. You can refer them directly to our sales team where 
we'll do, you know, the one-on-one -on -one calls with them, walk through all the questions that they have, kind of guide them through it. Um, or they can get started with a free trial, which is pretty much self-serve. They get, they see, you know, specific steps in there. We call it the control panel when you first log into your store. Mm -hmm. So they'll get to see, you know, okay, I need to set up my products, my, my shipping, my tax, and here's how to do it. Um, and then uh, for those that want to fast track that experience and have someone, you know, one-on-one -on -one guide them through it, we have store launch packages that we do sell starting at $500 for one time. Um, that smallest package is about, I want to say seven to 10 hours of one-on-one -on -one coaching where someone will actually get on the phone, hmm. screen share with you and walk you through, okay, like these are your products. This is exactly how you're going to get them into your store. Um, so it, it's great for folks who want a little bit more handholding. Um, and then as Keith mentioned, everyone else can call into our, our support line as well or chat in if they have any questions and, and we'll, we'll do our best to guide them through it. Just with the handholding, it would seem it's worth the price, um, you know, oh my. Yeah. what it would, what it would cost yeah, you, you to hire somebody. You certainly don't need it. You right. Know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I really, I wanted to end with one other thing before I go back to you, Keith, with some, for some contact info and where people can learn more about this, but you know, I really hope our listeners are, you know, getting the right mindset around how businesses are thinking about this, Grace. It's like, that's my big concern because, you know, I think in our space, especially, uh, and Keith, you see this partners are constantly given this barrier of like, well, you're only going to save me 20 bucks or 50 bucks. And then I want to do, and it's like, it's very small, you know, it's like this very small conversation and business owners are having this conversation with you about a cost and how they want to reduce it. When we're talking about e-commerce, you know, you'd be amazed how much money these small business owners will suddenly come up with to make investments mm -hmm. yep. when it's like, you know, advertising, you know, like I'll give you a great example of this. <clears throat> I was dealing with the guy on, on uh, credit card processing and, you know, a client of mine, longtime client, I was saving him, you know, $20 a month or something ridiculous. And, you know, I'm in the conversation, we we're talking about advertising. And I said, what advertising do you currently do? Because I was going to help him. We we're doing some video production uh, with another business I had. And he said, well, we just have like four billboards. And he said, the one we spend about 3000 a month, the other one we do about 2000 a month. This one we do a thousand a month and this one we do 500. And wow. I'm like, what wow. you know like wait a second i thought <laughs> you have you were, you know, all that money to spend on i know and I, I was thinking to myself this poor guy's broke you know what i mean has no money to invest in anything and all of a sudden i'm like wait a second we're just having the wrong conversation i'm talking about how to reduce a cost he's looking for an investment and so that's what e-commerce is and so it, big commerce is not free there are fees associated with it i think they're very reasonable but there are there's an investment to be made you know then to you know, your point earlier, Grace. I mean, there's agency, you know, partnerships where, yeah, they might need some help converting their Wix or you know whatever website or WordPress website over to being able to work with Big Commerce. And so there are going to be some investments. Don't go in there with this this pitch of like we're going to give you the cheapest e-commerce solution right. ever. No, we're right. going to actually give you an e-commerce solution that's going to allow you to make money by selling and, things online. You know, like and it's, grow yes. and grow your business, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So right. I think if they approach Absolutely. it from that perspective, I think there's huge opportunity. And then again, um, your, your tip about, you know, seeing which platform they're using, doing some research on comparing that to big commerce and reaching out to those straight up e-commerce people that already exist is another good opportunity. So I love this conversation. I know we could go on for another hour, but we better not. So <laughs> Keith, I know our all of our listeners are going to want to learn more about this partnership and big commerce yeah. and what North American Bank Cards is doing with them. We didn't even talk about integrations. I know you guys have done some integrations with your POS. So where can they go to learn more about this relationship? 
So uh, with the relationship, we have obviously GoNAB.com. That is a website that we have that is partner-facing. You want to come, learn more about it. That's where we want you to start, right? There's phone number, there's links, sure. information. Once you enter our ecosphere, we have an entire training team that will help get you up to speed on big commerce. We just did our full launch internally uh, a few weeks ago. Grace and her team and I did a full launch webinar. Awesome. Um, but within that, one of the things that uh, Big Commerce and NAB has done is Big Commerce built a specific page for NAB sales partners. Within that page, there's a link to register merchants for a free trial. It fast tracks them. So when merchants board through that link and they go into their uh, their new Big Commerce um, mm -hmm. portal, all the outside payment stuff is taking it out of, right? It takes you to a quick link to authorize.net. So imagine this is one of the big things in the partner world is like anybody else, when you're dealing with a big platform like this and somebody does it organically, they could see all these other different payment options. Well, through the NAB channel, that's all turned off. They right. see authorize.net. So it makes it cool. really, really clean for partners to do that. They also have a link within that if they want help like Grace talked about, we have a sales team that's going to help them close deals. And so they have a link to be able to register their lead with the big commerce sales team, stay in touch with that. So we really cool. put in a lot of assets to help partners sell big commerce as a platform and a solution to merchants. Awesome. And Keith, and give again, us- so that's gonab.com. I was just about to ask you to give us one more time that website. <laughs> you, you read my yep. mind. So Keith, Grace, thank you so much for your time today and your insights. I know our listeners have enjoyed it and I just really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, this was really awesome, guys. I learned a lot, and I know our listeners will, will too. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was thank a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you guys very, very much. So everybody, today we're going to take our two minutes and talk about our sponsor for the podcast, Valor Paytech. If you're not familiar, go to ccsalespro.com slash Valor, V-A-L-O-R. Schedule your free demo. Uh, Patty, you just sent out a press release about some things that they have that I thought was pretty cool. Can you share a little bit about what that was? Yeah, sure, James. And well, you know, first of all, they'd hired some new people and, you know, we kind of use that as an example, you know, as a, as a lead in. And uh, one of the things I found really interesting that they were talking about is the concept of merchant setup. Okay. You know, when you're setting up a merchant, it can, you know, you got to send a technician out. It probably takes about 30, 30 minutes working right. on site. Right. right. Um, now all of this can, can be, can be completed online in as little as six minutes hmm. from anywhere, from virtually anywhere, either using the, the web or a mobile app. And what makes that even better is, you know, when, especially this time of year for merchants having a problem with their, with their devices or, right. you know, right. It's like, who wants to call a technician out? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, again, you can do uh, this online. You can take out your mobile device, you know. And this is like uh, that uh, remote login capability, right? Where you exactly. can remote into the terminal, even as, you know, as long as, depending on the organizational structure. But if you have access, you would be able to remotely go into the terminal, make adjustments, look at errors, things like that, right? Right. Things like that. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's sort of, really sort of cool. like what, I, what strikes me is it's the whole concept of, uh, you know, slashing the cost of the cost to service your accounts, right? If you have right. to send a technician out, they spend 30 minutes, you know, let's say you're short, you know, you're paying them 20 bucks an hour. So that's $10. Right. And now, and you know, maybe you can get uh, eight or 10 of those done a day. Right. Well, now you can get eight or 10 done in an hour or two. Right. Um, right. So it really caught, you know, it really slashes your cost of, of, you know, servicing accounts. And I think that that's a really important thing these days. To me, that's really jumped out at me about what Valor yep. was talking about. 
Um, I love it. You know, we've we've talked about all the other stuff in the past. You know, omni channel, all types right. of, of PO, smart POS devices. You know, offering the full digital experience. But I think, you know, ISOs and, and agents need to really look at the cost of uh, acquisition and cost of service. And yeah, this is a really beautiful. Uh, way to slash that cost. Yeah, and you know, I think there's a lot of agents in the industry that actually do have the expertise. I know when I was selling, I mean, I knew my terminals inside and sure. out. And, right. you know, but it was always frustrating because I was talking to the merchant on the phone and I exactly. always knew, oh, this is such a simple problem. I know I'm going to get there. I'm going to walk in and 30 seconds later, it's going to be fixed. Later. I just need to change a setting or something. And, you know, with this, they're able to just remote in, fix the problem remotely, let the merchant know, hey, you're all set. They can even run a test transaction remotely. So it really is a nice setup for those of you that are a little further along. So again, go over to ccsalespro.com slash Valor, V-A-L-O-R. Set up your free demo and ask them to show you the remote login. It's a pretty cool feature. They'll do a demo for you on that as well. Great. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you're an individual merchant sales professional, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field with James Shepard. So, Patty, today for questions from the field, um, I actually thought I would share a really interesting story that I that just came about uh, yesterday. So we had some family over yesterday to our house and um, we were talking about a small hair salon. Uh, and this hair salon happened to be one of the first sales that I ever made personally, like, you know, 12 years ago. I think you've talked about this in the past. Uh, I is this the hair salon that your wife goes to also? Uh, she used to, so maybe it was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I remember to, you. Yeah. But I don't think that's in. the one. I think I. Anyway, there's. You know, okay. my wife's got that's many okay. different hair salons. You know. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so you know, long story short, though, I sold this business a long time ago. I had really lost track of what happened, as I'm sure all of you realize. I'm not super involved in individual accounts I sold 12 years ago anymore. But um, you know, this account, I knew that they had dropped off the radar screen. I had done a buyout and sold the account a long, long time ago, and I moved to the technology side. And they had since canceled, and um, I had heard through the grapevine that they were using Square. Um, and then I Ooh. find out, I find out yesterday that they actually are not accepting cards right now at all. No, really, in no. this day and time, because there it's a small rural area, and they said that their revenue has dropped like fifty percent because of the restrictions from the state of Pennsylvania, where they're sure. only allowed to have X number of people in there, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so it was such an interesting, you know, light bulb moment for me about two things. One was online scheduling and the other is this issue of um, cash discounting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, along with this story, I actually switched the place I go to get my hair cut. And okay. the reason I switched is very simple. They have the same issues with all of the, you know, COVID stuff. You know, it's you know hard to get in and you have to schedule an appointment, but they don't have online scheduling. Mm -hmm. So... I'm I'm for, blessed and fortunate that I have an assistant, and I literally had to delegate me getting a haircut and scheduling oh, that geez. to an assistant <laughs> because it was getting so annoying. And I'm like, you right, know what? There's a place sure. right down the street from my office. I went there, got a haircut. I liked it. I'm like, I told my assistant, Angela, I said, Angela, 
just set me up a, a hair, you know, haircut every couple of weeks, call and set it up for me. I'm tired of this. I'm not going to, you know, I don't have time. And it's just crazy how hard it is there. And I literally switched from one place I've been going for years. It actually is still a client of mine. I literally switched from them just because it was so inconvenient for me to schedule an appointment. I'd call and it's like, we can't get you in today. And so, um, you know, online scheduling and then this, this business that stopped, you know, there are some businesses that are literally taking that extreme measure. I think there's quite a few actually that mm -hmm. are saying we can't afford to pay credit card processing fees anymore. Right, right. Right. Well, what a perfect inroad for cash discounting. So I think, you know, hair salons, I think is one of those businesses that is really suffering. If you have hair salons in your portfolio, you mm -hmm. need to reach out to them. There's a lot of state restrictions that are hindering them. And you right. need to talk to them about now more than ever, scheduling people in is becoming harder because there's restrictions and they can only schedule so many people. This is a time where they need a scheduling software like maybe Azusa POS, something like mm -hmm. that that has that online scheduling built in. Um, and then also talk to them about cash discounting. Do they want to turn that on? Are they tired of paying the credit card processing fees? Maybe they're even discouraging people or even not allowing people right. to use a card. Well, right. cash discounting is obviously the perfect solution in that scenario. Well, you know, it's interesting, James, that you bring up this example because I have a massage therapist that I go to mm -hmm. and she has an online scheduling and it's a real, it, it, half the time it doesn't work. And it's with Square, yep. right? Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, one day a couple of weeks ago, I show up and because I had scheduled online, but right. she never got it. She wasn't there. Yep. You know, it was just it was just such a mess. And so yep. I said to her, I said, "Listen, you know, are you really happy with Square?" And I, and you know, James, I'm yeah. not a salesperson, right? Right. right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I go, "Are you really happy with them? Because I mean, their their rates aren't what they were when you first started. And you have this right. online scheduling." She's like. No, I'm not, but I don't know what to do. And I said, you know what? I know lots of people in this business. Right. I'm going to call a few and see what they can do for you. Yeah. And I called, you know, uh, I'll be, I'll be honest. I called D Carawadra who we've interviewed. Oh, here sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. D I have this friend and she, you know, and he says, Oh, Patty, just, I'll give her a call. I'll explain. Cause I tried to explain cash discounting. Right, right. Like, eh. I go, D she, you know, she needs cash discounting and she needs a scheduling program. Right. And you know, when I went to see her the other day, it was like, Oh, thank you so much for being your friend to me, you know? Yeah. And it was like, perfect because it's like for him, you know, a massage therapist, it's right. not a big, not a big deal. account. Right. Not a big account, but right. he can offer her something better than what right. she was getting from square. Right you know, for the same or less pricing. Yep. And, and she's never going to leave. Right. You know, so, I mean, I think things like massage therapists yep. and same, you know, physical therapists, all those kind of people, yep. they're having a hard time right now because they have to, you know, used to be, you go to your massage therapist and as you were leaving, somebody else was coming in. Yep. No, they have to put at least 45 minutes yep. in between each. So they're not getting as many people in Yep. and you know, there's all these other considerations. Yep. So yeah, I think you're right, James. This is an, probably the best time for those small salon type businesses right. to be sold on cash discounting yeah for sure well patty thanks very much appreciate it hey thank you james this is the insider's report with patty murphy brought to you by the green sheet for nearly 40 years the green sheet has been the go-to source for news analysis and educational tools that empower and connect payments professionals if you're not reading the Green Sheet already, check it out on the web today at www.greensheet.com. Well, you know, folks, uh, considering our interview on e-commerce, I thought it was really important uh, to, to sort of take a, new, a, a fresh look at uh, year-end holiday sales and predictions. Sure. Um, 
I know I did this a couple of weeks ago. I had a few things, but I always like what the NRF comes up with as well as uh, uh, eMarketer. Uh, they really, okay. take, you know, and so the NRF, National Retail Federation, is forecasting that holiday sales during November and December are going to increase between 3.6% and 5.2% over 2019 okay, and will total between 755.3 billion to about 767 billion. And that's total, is, that's total spend, not just online. Total spend, okay. right? All, right? all right. Okay. So then I wanted to, you know, the, you know, I, and of course those numbers exclude automotive and gas sales right, and, right, and things like that, right. of course. Um, online sales, according to NRF, will increase between 20% and 30% over 2019. Can you imagine? I've never, in all my time, I've never heard sales increasing that much in one year. And of course, if you do that math in your head, I mean, that obviously means that in-person sales during the holiday season are going to decline by at least 15%. Exactly. And that's the point I wanted to bring up, you know, because we're talking, you know, 202 to 219 billion of yep. that 755 is just going to be online sales. Yeah. And, mm. you know, I was just reading in Forbes this morning, I jotted down a few numbers that they had. Um, and they're talking about, for example, Deloitte is expecting holiday sales on the, you know, only go up about 1.5% to 2%. But, you know, that's the total, right? Yeah. You go back to, uh, you know, the, uh, Online sales, um, e-commerce, excuse me, e-marketers saying 35% increase. Yeah. So, yep. you know, again, I mean, we cannot, we cannot uh, emphasize this any more than we already have, but I will try that if you're not selling your merchants uh, on an e-commerce solution, right, you're going to be irrelevant in a couple of years. Yeah. It's just, it's the truth. And, and, you know, I think it's important for people to understand when we talk about a 15% drop in in-person sales year over year, that also means probably about a 15% drop in residual income from exactly. the same merchant year over year during the holiday season. So yeah. we're, we're used to getting, I know for me, when I was selling, you know, 10 years ago, what, you know, December was like double residual, you know, almost. Right? it was crazy. Um, sure. And, you know, that was awesome. But uh, now as we look at it, you know, that, that increase is going to go down and down and down unless you're helping your merchants go online then you're going to be seeing that big shift in volume from in person to online. Um, but you know, you, you know, whether you're using big commerce or somebody else, I mean, you have to be ready to, you know, make these shifts. And I think it's exciting what companies like North American bank Card are doing where they're actually mm-hmm. integrating the inventory piece. Right? right. But you know, ultimately that really is the only difference there as far, you know, big commerce works with authorized.net as, as Keith said, mm-hmm. which is something a lot of you know agents can do and ISOs can do that. And then there's just the integration with the, uh, with the point of sale solution. So yeah, really, really interesting stuff there, Patty. Yeah, I thought so. And, you know, and the other thing, just as an aside, James, I thought I would mention, you know, and it is true, uh, the in-person sales, especially with restaurants, are going to really suffer this year, um, you know, vis-a-vis last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would strike me, and I, I've seen stats about how, uh, what do you call them, uh, gift cards sales are going up. And I right. think that that's a really important <laughs> thing. If you have restaurants in your portfolio when they're not selling gift cards. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a something huge, you should be doing. Another huge one. You know, and the thing, honestly, Patty, the thing that strikes me the most about the numbers you just shared is it's actually not the 
online versus in person because I kind of already figured, you know, was, sure, it was we all that, we all right? kind of figured that, right? The thing that really stands out to me is that overall spend is going to increase at a fairly significant, you know, three and a half percent. Right. You know, I think maybe people underestimate the amount of opportunity that exists right now in the market. I think I think especially in our industries, I talk to salespeople and ISOs. There is kind of almost this depressed. Um, you, you get this feeling like, oh, once twenty twenty is over, we can start, you know, making some money. Well, you know, wait a second. I mean, the yeah. overall economy, people are going to spend more this year than they did last year. So right. it's not that you know, and not only that, they're going to spend it disproportionately in a different way. Right. So if you're looking for opportunity, wouldn't you want to be in a country and in a marketplace where more money is going to be spent and it's going to be spent in a disproportionately different way? Right. That's like the definition of opportunity. The difference Pure is if you want to get the opportunity, you have to make the change to get it. You mm -hmm. know, you can't sell the same old thing. And, you know, yeah, you're if you're just looking at it as just the only option you have is selling face to face in person, you know, credit card processing standalone terminals. Yeah, that actually is decreasing. And guess what? Bad news. COVID, it was already decreasing long before that. Long before COVID. COVID's been, COVID has certainly sped things up a bit, but mm -hmm. that was already declining. It's going to continue declining until it drops off the face of the earth. So, you know, at what point are you going to say, hey, you know, I think it's time for me to transition my business and make that pivot, like Grace was talking about in the interview, to really you know, look at the market as it exists today, not how you wish it existed still. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, we have a lot of people that have been in this business for a really long time and they were like, hey, it's been really great. And, right. you know, and they see the residuals and they go, oh, woe is me. Right. And it's like, no, you know, go I build mean, a new portfolio. Yes. Right. Exactly. Just reinvent yourself. I mean, aren't, yeah. to my way of thinking, anybody who's in business for themselves is has to constantly reinvent themselves yeah, for sure to stay relevant. And that's all we're yeah. talking about, you know, is couldn't is, agree more. Yeah. Great. Good stuff, Patty. This episode of the Merchant Sales Podcast was brought to you by Valor Paytech, the technology company that is revolutionizing cash discounting and surcharging with innovative features like dual mid support, waive the fee options, and even adding non-cash adjustment charges to tips. Now, all of this is made possible by a variety of technology devices and solutions such as gateways, tabletop point of sale devices, and features like SMS text messaging and e-invoicing, all with cash discounting in mind. Valor Pay Tech, bold ideas, smart execution. Make sure you head over to ccsalespro.com slash Valor, V-A-L-O-R, ccsalespro.com slash Valor, V-A-L-O-R. Schedule your free demo today and watch videos and learn more about this amazing technology solution. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and ccsalespro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.